Welcome, Thought Leaders. I'm Beck Sands. I'm Andres Lopez Varela, and you're listening to the Thought Leader Show. If you're an ambitious professional, exec, CEO, or business owner looking to grow your personal brand and become a thought leader, you're in the right place. We'll bring you inspiring chats with people who use their personal brand to create successful careers or businesses and become thought leaders in their field. We'll also talk through some of the practical steps and must-dos that you can action to build your own personal brand. And this is what we're most excited about. You're going to see how being a thought leader gives you the opportunity to help others and support people to realize their goals. A personal brand might sound self-serving, but we're here to show you how it can actually have a positive impact on you, your community, and who knows, maybe even the world. Welcome, Thought Leaders, to another episode of the Thought Leader Show. We are so happy to have you here and uh, also we're excited to have our guest today, Edwin Smith, who is a very fun guy that we met at State of Social, uh, which Andres is going to introduce. Yes, yes. I'm so excited that we've got Edwin on the show. Um, he's just, he's, he's a great guy and he's a smart guy uh, and he's someone who has a really interesting thought leadership uh, journey, um, really sort of, you know, starting from, from, from where he started to where he is now uh, he's gone through a lot of evolution and learning and, and, de- and development in sort of that that journey um, and uh, like we said his name is Edwin Smith he runs the social sandwich uh, and it's a social media consultancy um, really focusing on organic social media so even there you can see some seeds of thought leadership um, appearing that he's kind of chosen a particular niche rather than just being a social media guy um, he, his first job out of uni um, was at a, at, a, 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 at a kind of a tennis organization. They handed over the, the Facebook page to him. Uh, he did a great job and, and eventually sort of gained a lot of experience in running social media uh, profiles and creating content for um, sporting brands. And then uh, on television, he worked, spent five years working at Channel 10, one of Australia's uh, major broadcast networks, managing the social media for some of the biggest reality shows and for sport as well uh, and other content too while um while he was there and now he's sort of taken all those lessons that he's learned over, over the last few years he's collected all those lessons into um the social sandwich which is his venture to help businesses make the most out of their organic social media content he delivered a keynote as beck said at state of social last year um and he's always uh, delivering so much knowledge and value online uh, on social media on instagram in particular so uh, we're very excited for this chat with edwin so thought leaders put your headphones in turn the volume up and prepare to welcome Edwin Smith to the Thought Leader Show. Edwin Smith, it is so amazing to have you on the show. Um, We're so excited to have you here. Um, How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be on the show, um, I thought you'd never ask me to come on, so I had to get the invite. <laughs> you were just waiting. You were like, ever since we met at State of Social, you've, you've been like, I'm just waiting for an invite onto their podcast. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's about like six months later, so I think that's um, yeah, that's a, it's a decent, <laughs> it's a decent interval. You know, we didn't, we don't want people to talk. And look, I think it would have been like, you know, if you if you did it straight away after a month, I might have been a bit too keen. So you're probably like. 
found the perfect sweet spot of <laughs> six months is um is a good time. So excited I'm to glad, be here. I'm glad, glad we got that right. Glad we got that right. Yeah, so I run my own business called The Social Sandwich, um, which you know, I kind of specialize in organic social media for you know, small, medium, large businesses. Um, Trying to do a bit of bit of everything, but yeah, really just focusing on you know how these businesses, brands can get the most out of you know your Instagram is probably the big one, but you know Facebook, TikTok as well. Um, but for, from an organic standpoint, so you know not relying on massive marketing budgets and um, paid campaigns. It's how do you you know do some some cool content organically, and yeah, kind of move the needle for your for your business. So I've been doing that for the last three and a half years now and yeah kind of left my full-time job working in kind of came from the tv world so running social accounts for some like large-scale tv shows and yeah now yeah really enjoy kind of being my own boss working with brands and businesses that i want to work with and yeah helping out those you know often like smaller businesses as well that yeah might be just a one-person team need a bit, bit of advice and a bit of guidance and obviously you know your work like you said you're the one providing the advice, you're the one providing the guidance. So personal brand is obviously critical for you and for your, for your, um, for your business. So why don't you tell us how you would describe your own personal brand in a sentence or two. Some people have taken two sentences. In, in a sentence, um, fun and approachable, but knowledgeable, maybe. Uh, I, I really, this is not this is more than a sentence, but um, I I remember when I first started, you know, I started an Instagram account, and my my theory was that you know I had all this knowledge, so I'd start posting some tips about you know how to use these platforms better, and you know the things that I'd learned over the years, and I realized pretty quickly that I was trying to like you know I was like be someone that I wasn't, and trying to be you know what everyone else did, which was like really slick and professional and you know I wore the you know the, the classic like tech black t-shirt like yeah the black t-shirt I was wearing that in like you know on my zoom calls and if I was making any videos for, um, for content um, and then I was just like you know that's not really who I am like I'm you know probably a bit more laid back and a bit more casual than um, you know a lot of other kind of social media professionals and I like to have a bit of fun with you know things that I do and so you know, pretty early on, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I've already got a lot of, you know, bright, loud kind of party shirts, you know, why don't I just wear those in all of the videos that I am making and all the Zoom calls that I'm taking and when I meet with people. So, you know, have a kind of conversation starter, but then people kind of start to, I, I hope, know me as, you know, if anything, it's just the, the guy that has the bright shirts um, and, you know, knows what he's talking about with, with social. So, yeah, it it was almost, I don't think it was super conscious at the start. I kind of just started doing it, you know, without really having like that strategic personal branding in mind. But then as I progressed more, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is like my brand and I need to do this more. And, um, you know, to the point now where it's like, oh, I'm not going to take a photo and put it on my Instagram unless I have like one of my party shirts on. Because like, I don't wear them all the time, but it's like, oh, I can't. I'm just wearing like a white You can't not, right? It's shocking to me to think that you like even own a black t-shirt, I think, based on all yeah. the content that I, I see from you. 
admitting you in person, I would never guess that Edwin Smith. And if and if you don't know what Edwin's wardrobe is like, then while you're listening to this, go on to Instagram to the Social Sandwich, right? And yeah. um and and you will see and you will see Edwin's phenomenal collection of party shirts. So, do you own any black t-shirts or do you do you own any block colors at all? I I do actually. Um, and it's funny. It's almost now like on weekends I'll be like, man, I don't want to wear. <laughs> So I'll actually, you know, I've got a couple of, um, actually, I don't really talk about this, but like I, a bit of a music, a bit of like a heavy music fan. So I have some like, you know, some different band t-shirts and that, um, I've recently got my favorite shirt at the moment is like a black, um, shirt from a, from a brewery here in Wollongong called Principal. So just like a, a beer shirt just has like, you know, the basic with like a little pattern on the back um, which is very very boring um but it's really comfy and i wear it quite often and so yeah it's funny that you're like it makes me feel good that you that's you know you associate me with the bright fun shirts and the yeah you know, you're like you can't even see that so um i think i think it's a really great lesson for people to think about how personal brand how it looks as well because I think in a lot of cases people are very concerned with how do I sound and how does my stuff read um, but actually it's a combination of everything it's not you know it's not just shirts obviously it's not just party shirts but it's not just you know insightful sort of like accessible social media advice it's that combination which makes it very unique I think and, and I know you said you didn't think about it a lot but it, I think I think you did it sounds like you did even if you didn't have deliberate steps it really does sound like you sort of taken those deliberate steps to consolidate that as your personal brand because you know it's very distinctive i guess now so um i think it's a really really valuable lesson in terms of the fact that it's not just what you say but it can also help about you know the visually as well yeah, it's, it's funny um i always feel like i have just a pretty good you know it's like subconscious sense of like what i should do and I think while maybe I never really, you know, out loud went, I'm going to do this. It was just like, I knew that that's what I should do. It was like, you know, I just felt like that was the right thing to do. And I feel like I've got a good sense of that. Um, and, you know, even just like content, like I've got a good feel for like what makes good, interesting content that people will engage with. And, you know, I, I noticed, you know, the moment I started wearing shirt, like bright shirts when I would make like an Instagram reel, people would engage with that more and people would, you know, comment on the, my content more. And I was like, okay, so like this is, you know, this is a thing, this is working, this is happening. And you know, like you said, it's not, I'm not just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably more than just like the guy that has, has, has bright shirts as well. And like, you know, like you said, it is part of like the, the bigger picture with me. Like when I first started, um, you know, doing this, I, I took a look at what other, you know, social media organic experts were doing um there was a lot of females there was a lot of you know to be honest like good looking women and they would wear like you know really nice formal like just and like very just i don't even like professional but um you know like the aesthetic like it was all and but it was everything was the same and i was just like man like i don't relate to any of these these people like it was it didn't really like move the needle for me and so i was like for my first point of difference was like i'm a guy because i found that you know like 95 percent of social media experts online were all were all women and then at the same time like no one was really you know talking about you know more practical 
advice and like actual things you can do. Like a lot of the, these experts would say things like, you know, add value to your audience or there's no like top line, like, you know, really vague statements. And then I was like, yeah, but like, what does that actually mean? Like, how can someone get any real advice from that? And so, you know, part of the, like, you know, my, I guess, brand is I try and be really give like actionable easy to understand advice like try and not use jargon i try and keep things really simple and you know try and do this because this is bad or like you know just keep it really simple and, and that yeah i guess ties back into that overall i was just gonna say about the party shirt i love that that's part of your brand because it is fun and i was relationships are built kind of around feelings like you know it's like that sense check when you're meeting someone a new client or so on social and like the party show is just like immediately brings good vibes and you're kind of like oh that's really fun and it's a nice talking point uh immediately that can help you create those connections as well so it's so it's actually quite layered and and actually really really smart yeah and again i think over time i realized that i definitely didn't realize the the added benefits at the you know when I first started doing it but you know as I started thinking about it more and talking about it more I was like yeah it does you know if I'm having a zoom call with someone that I haven't met before and you know I'll be like I'll put on like the loudest shirt I can find so then they're like oh that's a, you know, that's a bright shirt I'm like yeah this is like you know part of my collection I've got you know a bunch of these that I, that I wear and you know it just gives me something to talk about at the at the start and um yeah I think the thing as well for me is like it it actually wasn't too far from yeah yeah that's why it works that's why it works that's why it works authentic yeah it wasn't like i was gonna go um yeah and you know i think yeah that conference we spoke at last year i think most people at some stage said the word authentic and um i said it probably like fifty thousand times but it's so true like in this world of social media and um you know where we're at i think authenticity is just so important and people want you know like the real person they don't want you know, like a someone that's that's fake or that they, you know, can't really relate to. And I think that's yeah. Big. Can I ask you, Edwin? Sorry, Andres. Um, I just wanted to ask about the organic reach because, you know, I, I know your business is built around organic reach and I love your Instagram and all your posts and everything. It's so it's such amazing organic content. Um, how have you found that over the last few years? Cause I know organic reach has like declined a lot. Everyone's been talking about that in business and, but it's still, you know, it still does do well. And I think your Instagram and your posts and your content is testament to that. So like, how have you found it? And you know, what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think it's weird because I think, Across the board, you know, things have changed a lot over the last couple of years. You know, TikTok's come along. There's been a lot more opportunities for discoverability. So through, um, you know, the TikTok model where it's not necessarily the people that you follow, it's the content that you consume is what you'll see. So on one hand, it's actually given us more chance to be seen and discovered by people because, you know, if we post something that's interesting, and especially if it's a short form video, then there's actually more chance that, you know, more people will see our content than ever before. But the kind of flip side of that is, you know, as a business, we're now competing with, you know, content creators and comedians and artists and athletes and all these people that are going to be getting into people's feeds now. So, you know, for me, it's actually, you know, people complain about the low reach and I see it all the time, you know, just, oh, my reach is so bad. Like, you know, I've got 50,000 followers and 50 people saw my post. And, you know, my kind of argument is always, well, if you're doing the same thing that you've always done, 
And this is what happens with a lot of people. They've built up a, a large following over a number of years and then they hit this stage where just, you know, they, they haven't evolved with the times. They're not making entertaining content. They're not making reels. They're not, you know, thinking about, you know, what audiences actually want. They're still posting their, their pretty photos and being like, well, no one cares about me anymore. Instagram hates me. And it's like, we well, haven't really, haven't really like evolved with the times and, and thought about this, this new world. And I think my kind of, my thinking is always, especially with, you know, with your videos is if someone sees this video that doesn't follow me, like what's in it for them. And that's kind of the way that I try and think about my content. So, you know, are they going to learn something? Are they going to have a laugh? Are they going to, to feel good? Is there something they can take away from, from my content? And if the answer is yes, then that's a good, you know, good piece of content. If it's, you know, there's no, you know, actual, you know, value that that content's bringing, there's no reason for them to engage with it, then it's going to bomb and you're going to, you know, you're not going to get it. So, um, yeah, that's a big shift in, in the kind of mindset that mo like a lot of people still haven't made, like they're still, doing the same thing that they've always done because that's what's always worked. And, you know, at the end of the day, I do think as well that um, social media has always been about the engagements and that's always been the key of the, you know, the algorithm changes all the time, but what doesn't change is you get more engagements, more people see your stuff. So if you get more people liking and commenting and sharing your posts or watching your videos, then more people will see them. And so if people aren't doing that, less people will see them. So that's when you might need to go, you know what, I need to change things up, I need to try something different. And I think, again, a lot of people just aren't doing that. They're, they're not changing, they're not evolving. And I think the evolution is really important too of, of social where you can't just do this. That's, yeah, that's pretty boring and yeah. change and, you know, user habits change as well. And I guess the point of social platforms, right, is they want people to be social and they also want people on the platforms. And so sometimes, and I know I've been guilty of this, is just like posting, like scheduling stuff on later and then like just leaving it and it kind of expecting, yeah, expecting engagement. And then it's like, well, no, you kind of have to go on there and engage yourself as well as posts. Like you can't just post stuff and then expect like all these people to like and follow, unless like you're a celebrity. Um <laughs> Yeah, it definitely varies, yeah, depending on like, you know, where you're at, what you're, you know, how many people you've got there. But yeah, I think that, you know, for me, when I talk about organic content, it's it's not usually, oh, let's try and get you 10,000 followers or 50,000 followers. It's let's try and build an engaged audience of people that care about you and, you know, spending the time to like other posts or reply to people's stories or, you know, actually have those relationships because that's what's going to help you know, those people see your post more, they're going to be more likely to engage with your post. They're going to be thinking more, they're actually going to, you know, spend money with your business. And rather than going, let's just try and get as many people in there as possible and have, you know, no real connection with them. Um, and complain, I mean, thinking about, you know, complaining about the algorithm, I feel like it's just as yeah. effective as complaining about the weather. Like it's not something you can control. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. It's just like the classic excuse, like, like my thing is always like the algorithm doesn't hate you. Your content just sucks. Yeah. That's the, that's the reality. It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard truth to face, but it, it is the truth a lot of the time. So yeah, I, always, I get a lot of those, like the algorithm hates me posts from just randoms on threads at the moment. It must be because I, you know, interact with them. And so threads is like, Oh, everyone wants to see like Instagram algorithm chat on his, on his threads, but it's always, you know, Americans that have, you know, a large following and they post like 
you know, a photo of a watering can. They're like, no one engaged with my photo. And it's like, it's like the worst photo, like the most boring photo ever. Like, why is someone going <laughs> to engage with this? Why is Instagram going to show this to someone when there's all this amazing, like, short form video yeah. out there that they could be watching instead? And all the memes, like, all the memes. People, and so, so many memes. memes. Like, so many memes. I should make a meme. Just while we're on, just while while we're on this topic, um, I I need to ask her how many times would you recommend people post? Like, I guess Instagram is your fave. Uh, on Instagram, organically, like a uh, week. That's that's so funny. I get this question every time I talk to anyone, and it is one of those like how long's a piece of string questions. <laughs> I think the way that I think about it is it's not necessarily like putting rules in place of post this many times. It's try and work out how many times you can post a week with content that is super interesting, relevant, engaging, entertaining for your audience and keep that consistency going because I think what often happens is people get really excited. They post four times a week for a month and then they get bored and then they're like, they don't post for another month and they come back and like that kind of up and down is not great. Like it's better to, you know, for me it's, even like on my Instagram, like I probably somewhere just post twice and I'll post a reel on a Tuesday and then, you know, maybe a carousel on a Thursday. And so like for those two posts a week, that keeps me going. And I try and keep that, you know, two to three posts a week is probably a good like aim for most people and mixing in a reel and yeah, maybe an image or an image gallery or maybe a carousel with some, some learnings. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing is actually keeping that consistency going, not kind of jumping in and, and out. Um, you'd probably also, as part of that, you know, work in a couple of, you know, more, I guess, like behind the scenes stories type content. So I think a lot of people neglect stories and stories are really where you can build those relationships with your the audience that you have. So, you know, that's where you can you know, nurture them and let them get to know you a bit more and you know ultimately that's where you can do a lot of the, the converting as well in in stories because someone finds your story all of a sudden you're having a direct conversation with them and yeah it's like all of a sudden you know you can point them to your website or you can ask them if they need help with with something or um you know even if they reply to your story they're actually more likely to see your next post so you know all of a sudden then they're you're in their world a bit more so you know two or three posts a week handful of stories is usually my kind of go-to but at the same time, it's like, you know, if, if you post once or twice a week because maybe you just don't have that much content or there's just, you're, you're forcing it, then sometimes it can actually be good to just not post or post a bit less because I think often you, you know, I see this all the time where people are going, oh, I haven't posted anything. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll take this photo and, and put it up because I've got to post. I've got to be consistent. And then, you know, bombs and you kind of, you know, you're, yeah, the Aaron hates me. Like you feel you get all down because people aren't engaging with your content, and then um, you know, then maybe actually the you know it does kind of penalize you in the algorithm because you posted this like you know, boring piece of content that no one cares about. Yeah. Your next, yeah, and then your next couple of posts kind of are affected, and you know, it actually does more harm than good. You know, consulting. Um... At the center of that, obviously, is the idea of building up your own thought leadership and being seen as an expert and a go-to on, on this subject matter. So what is it that for you defines thought leadership and how has it sort of kind of manifested uh, for you in your life and your career? Cool. What a question. Uh, <laughs> great question. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, just getting yeah, into get, it. Get just getting into it. Stuff. Um, 
this is like outside of my like I can talk about social media and the algorithm all day, but um, this is this is the tricky stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I've been on like so I've worked in social media for you know probably ten or eleven years now, and it's it's always been interesting because in the early days of social media, at least in you know the world where I was, which was kind of the sport world, I was told to like not talk about my work. It was, I ran the social media accounts, but no one should know that I was the one that was publishing content for these large brands. And one of those brands was the Australian Open was one of like my really early jobs. And people there were like, you know, don't talk about this. Don't share any inside information about what we do. Like keep it to yourself because, you know, it's Australian Open, it's not you. And I kind of, I get that. But at the same time, I think that, you know, it almost scarred me for a bit where I didn't talk about the work that I was doing. I didn't put myself out there for a, for a number of years. And it, it wasn't until, you know, I got a bit more experience and, um, yeah, started, you know, using social media in particular as a way to like talk about the things that I was doing. And, um, I think in Australia, we we're quite behind on that in the social media world where, you know, no one was really going, Hey, I made this cool post. Here was the thinking behind it or here's why we did this. It was very much like, you know, shut up and do your job don't celebrate your wins. Don't talk about like the cool things that you're doing. And I was like, you know, I was really like, well, I want to share. I want to talk about the things that I was doing. And, um, you know, I did that quite a bit when I was at Channel 10, you know, working on like Australian Survivor and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Like we always do, you know, cool content ideas. And I would, you know, quote tweet them on Twitter and share them and be like, this is what we did here. Or like share a little bit behind the scenes bit of information or the thinking about, why we did that because you know because i like talking about it i was proud of the work that i that i did so um yeah i guess that was kind of like the start of me being like uh yes yeah, we i've never really thought of myself as like a thought leader but i guess in a way it kind of was maybe but just like sharing my thoughts and being like this is why we did this and hopefully other people can benefit from you know hearing about this and also encouraging other people to share their their wins rather than hiding behind, um, you know, not talking about the, the work that they do. And I think that's kind of changing now, which is, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, so I think that was kind of the first part. And then I still remember when I first started the social sandwich, um, when, you know, I started showing these, you know, basically like Instagram tips was the first thing that I was doing. And I was horrified at first because I was really like putting myself out there as like, here's, you know, my advice that I've learned. and I was like, yeah, I remember like the first like few months, I was like, people are just going to be looking at me thinking, who is this idiot? Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like we call that imposter syndrome, Edwin. Yeah. I'm like, look, I honestly, I still deal with, with that. I still have moments where I'm like, do I, do I actually know what I'm not, I'm talking about? Like, is this, is, is this right? Like, is this, is this wrong? Like, am I just living in my own bubble? But definitely gotten better at like dealing with that. But yeah, remember at first it was like, you know, I thought, you know, like my, my peers would be, sharing my content laughing at it being like oh look at this edwin saying you need this many hashtags on a post when it's actually this many and um you know it took me a while to kind of get through that where i realized that um yeah that's fine no i don't think people are maybe they are but i don't think they're laughing at me um (laughs) (laughs) that what i'm doing um and yeah just getting confident to be like you know what i'm going to put myself out there you know share my thoughts if someone wants to challenge that you know like i'll have that conversation and have that you know debate but just being like, you know what, <laughs> in this industry long enough, like I was, you know, for me, it was, 
I was, it was a job for me before it was a job. Like social media wasn't a job. It was tacked on to like a media or marketing role. Like you can run the social media. So I always have to go back to that and be like, it's physically not possible that someone has worked in social media longer than, than I have because it just wasn't really a thing. Um, I'm really happy to put my opinion out there. And if someone challenges me or if someone you know doesn't agree with me, then I'm okay with that. And I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation. I think that's a thought leader, right? That's someone who is not just an expert, but a thought leader who is like, I understand, except there are other perspectives and points of view. And it's okay if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, share your, your hot take with me and say that my hot take is off, off point, you know, um, that I think is, is really the crux of thought leadership. And cause I think as well, in a lot of industries, right? Like there's, there's not always like a clear cut, like yes or no, right or wrong answer. Like it, it's very, it can be subjective. And so, totally, yeah. you know, I still have discussions, um, even like with our, our good mutual friend, um, Meg from State of Social, like, you know, we disagree on a, on a number of things with social yeah. media. Like I, I firmly think that hashtags should go in your post. She's like, no, put them in the cap in the first comment and like hide them away. Like I disagree with that. And, you know, every six months, I feel like or every couple of months we have that argument on some social media platform, but you know, it's, uh, I still think she's listening, Meg, don't put them in the caption and the comments like it's just, we should have asked her about that. We, we we had her on earlier in the season. We should have asked her about that. Being like, what is your definitive point of view? Why you why do you have beef with Edwin about this? Well, <laughs> we have we have beef on on a few things actually, um, which is always funny. But but I think it's it's like it's a healthy yeah because like you know I understand where you know the thinking behind doing that. And again, it's not like there's a right or wrong answer. It's purely like a personal choice, like where you feel like it looks better um they both get the same job of being seen by new people but um you know i think it looks cleaner in the caption make things it looks cleaner in the comments and so you know it's but like having those discussions and you know discussing that and understanding those perspectives i think is always always a good thing because you know i'd rather be the one kind of starting that conversation than kind of thinking and being like oh like you know is is that just me and and often i found that pretty early on like when I was sharing things, people would be like, you know, other social media people would kind of reply to my post and be like, oh my God, I agree with this. I'm like, that's so true. And I was like, it was like that kind of reinforcement of, okay, cool. Like what I'm thinking is the same as what others are thinking. And, you know, like I have a weird thing where I like to, if I'm scheduling content, I like to schedule it for like weird time. So like 4.37 um, rather than 4.30. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I was like, and so I've shared that as like, it wasn't like a tip. It was like, this is what I like to do. And then I had all these people being like, oh my God, I do the same thing. Like I, I schedule my content for like, yeah, 5.55 rather than six o'clock. Just so it's like not quite on that six o'clock. And, it's, and yeah, there's no science behind that working or performing better. But, you know, a lot of other people kind of related to it. Yeah, it's so true. Even um, like one of the best things about, you know, the conference that we all spoke at last year was, like I had some big like imposter syndrome heading into that. And it was really like reaffirming for me that a lot of the themes that I spoke about, I heard other people speak about during the conference. And so it wasn't, obviously I wasn't impacting those conversations, but it was again, like nice reaffirming that, you know, when I was talking about authenticity and talking about, you know, the importance of short form videos and like, you know, rough and raw contents, you know, is really important. And all these things are like, you know, all those themes just kept coming up and I was like, 
okay, cool. Like all these things that I found in my world, like that I'm learning and finding from the clients that I speak to from, you know, my experiences were being reflected with, you know, all these other people in, you know, all these different industries. And it was a good lesson of, you know, if you feel like there's a trend or there's something happening to kind of back yourself and be like, yeah, that's, that's the way that, that things are going. And, you know, if I'm feeling it, if I, you know, from my experience, then others must be as well. Um, and to a certain extent, right? So, and, and it's not, and I like to think of it as like, you know, how, how people always say, like, I'm a, this isn't relevant, I'm not saying it's relevant for me or anyone here, but like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like, you never kind of, get over it right so like i like to think that we're all always recovering imposters right like we're not actually we never actually cure it right so so it never actually goes away but what are some of the mindset kind of you know tips or like approaches or things that you've done to kind of uh help you sort of you know push through that at times uh, if um if you find out can you let me know uh <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head with the, you know, recovering um, alcoholic. Yeah, like that. That's me. Like I, yeah. I think the big thing that I've realised, you know, especially like you know, running my own business, is I kind of have learned to ride the waves, and you know, I know that there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be times when, you know, I'm maybe not feeling as good, and you know, I think I've just gotten better at being ready for that to happen when it, when it happens and, you know, you ride the highs and when you're feeling good, you know, things are good and that, you know, everything's, um, is looking up, but then, you know, something might happen, you know, you might get a negative comment or a, a client pulls out or, or something happens and you have to be like, like, yeah, this is just a, a bit of a phase and, you know, it might be a tough week or a tough couple of weeks, but I know that there's, there's something around the corner and I think, for me, like the things that I do is, you know, I try and, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll try and take the pressure off and not be like, sit down and finish your work. Like you have to get this done. I'll like go for a walk, go down for a swim, like get, get away from, you know, from the, the office desk or even just like get out of the office and go sit at a cafe or, or something like that. So yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say that I have like, a super strong mindset of like, yeah, I can just fend away those thoughts and like I'm sweet. Like I still very much like, you know, struggle with that kind of, you know, those thoughts of like, yeah, you're not good enough. You've just you've winged your way here. Like you've people are going people are going to find out, and when they're going to find out, they don't know, you don't know what you're talking. About. Um, I think. But I mean, the thing, the key is you you yeah. do it anyway, right? And I think this is something like a lesson that I try and teach my clients, but at the same time, I think it applies to me and probably all of us is like, I don't think anyone's and no one's ever as, as critical or is looking at us as much as we are. And so that's something that I'm always, yeah, it's like, we care so much about us and we're like, oh, people are like looking at us with a fine tooth comb, but it's like, you know, people are probably, you know, giving past our content, maybe re watching half of our video and like, you know, then they're watching 10 other videos at the same time and, you know, reading half of our LinkedIn posts and then, you know, reading a bunch of other content. Like they're not analyzing us as much as what we are. And so for me, it's like, yeah, no one cares about us. No one, no one cares about us as much as what, as what we do. And so I think part of that has also been, you know, a big shift in my mindset in terms of like putting myself out there and being like, I'm just going to post this because, 
you know, this is something that I want to do and, you know, maybe someone will, you know, think that this is the wrong opinion, but, you know, so what? Like, they probably won't even see it or, you know, that kind of mindset. Um, and I think that really applies to, you know, anyone that's worried about putting themselves out there online with their personal brand or to start a, you know, Instagram account or to position themselves as a thought leader. It's, it's, um, yeah, just start doing it because, yeah, again, I just don't think no one's looking at us as much as what, what we are. And, you know, that's another, another big reason why I think, and, you know, cause they're looking at it every day. And then I'm always like, you know, once someone follows you, like they're not going to your page to like, suss out like your color scheme and like if all your posts match. So Edwin, um, what are some of the things that you've done to build your personal brand? I know we're running out of time here, but um, just because I know that you've, you know, you've done things like speaking at State of Social, um, you do podcasts, do you do like collaborations? Like what sort of things do you do? Um, yeah, definitely the um, the conferences has been a, a good one. Um, I guess that's, I've been a bit late to those because, you know, my business started literally as COVID started. So it was to go and speak at conferences when, um, you know, we're all in a, a lockdown. Um, so I'm hoping to do more of that this year. Um, I think one of the big things that I've found is just, and this again is something that I really didn't, um, you know, haven't really strategically thought about, but, you know, I just always try and be a, you know, just a good, nice, friendly person whenever I meet someone. And the amount of people that, you know, 10 years ago that I worked with at like my first job, you know, as an intern at Tennis ACT that, you know, might come back and, you know, refer a client to me because they've been connected with me on LinkedIn and been following my journey or, um, you know, those like little connections, I think over time, like you kind of never know when someone is going to come in handy or someone's going to be, you know, like a cheerleader for you. And um, I think that's been really important for me is, you know, I've met a lot of people over the years at different jobs and, um, you know, through different social media platforms and just being consistent and showing up and taking the time to to talk to people and answer questions and engage and, you know, be a part of those communities. So I think that's a big thing for me is just you know, always just thinking about, and I wasn't even a conscious thing. It was just like, just be a nice person and like, you know, have a chat and, and, and have fun with them. And um, you know, like even my, like my first job out of uni was working at Tennis Victoria and, my boss that was there is actually still there. And so that was probably about 12 years ago. And, and last year she reached out and like got me to do some work with like some of the tennis clubs down there, like to help with their social media presence. And, you know, I hadn't spoken to her in, in years, but you know, we'd stayed in touch, like maybe I'd replied to a story of hers on, you know, on Instagram or like, you know, like a LinkedIn post and just that relationship had then got me more work down the track. And so, um, yeah, I think those kinds of things just, always like putting your best foot forward is, is big and then yeah like I'll take any opportunity to speak on a podcast to yeah to meet people because I, I like talking about these things and so that's definitely yeah another thing that yeah I've done and then hopefully this year I can speak at some more conferences and just get out there and actually you know, get in front of people ultimately so, yeah I love it though relationships are so key relationships are everything right and mm. um but also like you are a nice guy. So it's like you just go around and be yourself and that's, but that's kind of the crux of what a personal brand is, right? It's like be yourself, just kind of more visible. Yeah, 100%. Um, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's funny. Um, my favorite movie is Aladdin. Um, this is a real side note. 
Uh, How cute. <laughs> well, like favorite kids movie. Like, I don't know. It's not, maybe not my favorite movie ever, but it's up there. Um, and I, but I love the top five for sure. I love the scene where the genie is in as a bee and he's buzzing around Aladdin and he's saying, be yourself. And he's basically like when Aladdin's talking to Jasmine and, and Aladdin's trying to be like the prince. And, and the genie's like, just be like your normal Aladdin self. And then he's like, no, I need to be the prince. Um, and so I all like, ever since I was really young, like, cause I've always kind of struggled with that, like idea of like, you know, trying to be someone that I'm not. And then I always go back to that scene and be like, okay, got to be yourself to the point where I have a tattoo of the bee genie on my leg. Oh, so, uh, that's amazing. I can look down at my, at my leg and, um, and go, yeah, okay. Reminder to, Get to be yourself. Before we let you go, we're going to wrap up with a thought leader five. It's our it's our rapid fire round of questions, somewhat unrelated, but I feel like we've covered the gamut anyway. So we might have answered these some some of these accidentally. Uh, so the first question is: What is your favorite book or podcast? Even of, even like of right now. Um, actually, I I love um how I built this. By oh yeah, by that's a great Brad. podcast. Um, and actually, I have a I'm looking at it right now. He has a book as well, um, which so I'm ticking both boxes there. Uh, so that's it's basically a podcast where it's an American podcast where he talks to like businesses that they're usually quite large businesses that have um, you know gone from they talk from their journey from you know how they started to where they are today. And you know, I just like listening to it as you know for a bit of inspiration. Even just like it's just some great stories to hear. Um, Often they're brands that I don't know because they're like, you know, an American burger joint that's in 20 states and never heard of it, but you just, you know, hear the way that they've gone about things and it's, it's super interesting. So, yeah, um, give it a listen if you, if you, if you haven't already. I, I enjoy it a lot. Thank you. All right, question two. One thing that you love doing to unwind and relax? One thing. Can I say, can I say going to the beach and having a beer? Okay. Doesn't necessarily have to be at the same time, but they might be usually like front and back ended of the day. Yeah, so it could be like go down for an afternoon swim and then like stop for a beer on the way home and be like, oh yeah. So, uh, third question: Your dream travel destination, somewhere you've never been that's on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Somewhere like Maldives or Hawaii. I've been there, um, and I would like. I'd like to maybe like win the lottery first so I could afford to like, you know, really like live, yes. live it up. Um, okay. Yeah. Really like, live it up. Yeah. Like, Go full yeah, white exactly. lotus. Like full, you know, like little cabana, like on a, a jetty with where you can jump off into the water, like in the Maldives. Like, yes. Private like, island, yeah, all that stuff. That maybe like. Okay. Yeah. In 10 years time or something. I think go out and get that scratchy. You never know. You never know when it's your time. I'll let you know. I'll go go third if I win. Thanks. Uh, Do you prefer chocolate or cheese? This is a very important question here Uh, on this podcast. I am going to go with chocolate. Is that the right answer? Yes, Edwin. That's the right answer. I'm team chocolate. It's the right. It's the right one for Andre. Oh, although I like, but yeah, I'm. I'm like my favorite is cheese. <laughs> and you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like doing groceries and being like, oh, mm. I just get like a little, a little dollar Kit Kat because they're on special and just have that on the walk home. 
<laughs> and finally, what's one golden nugget of advice that you'd give to our listeners? Try, test, and learn from your social media content. So I think a lot of people get stuck doing the same thing, like we kind of touched on already, but you know, try something new, try a new idea. I'm always trying just different types of content, different just ideas to see, like maybe that will resonate with my audience. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, okay, I won't do that ever again. Like I'll forget about it, but maybe it works. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to do more of that. Um, and like probably the final bit of that is like have fun, I think, with, with your social, like it's social media. I think sometimes we're just so serious. I don't like if we can have a bit of fun, um, you know, whatever that looks like for you and your kind of brand, um, you know, it's an entertainment platform. After it's all. not. It's not called formal media. That's what. That's what I said to someone. Someone I work with said to me the other day. It's not called formal media. It's called social media. <laughs> formal media. And I think sometimes people treat it as like a notice board, right? It's like here's all the things that we're trying to get you to look at. Like, um, yeah, it's it's not a notice board. It's a it's an entertainment platform, especially now. Like maybe a couple of years ago, you can get away with that. But if all you're doing is being like, here's our product, here's how you can buy it, here's our stuff, it's like. Oh, Edwin, where can we find out more about you? Um, yeah, probably as I kind of was alluding to, like I, I post my kind of platform of choice is Instagram. So the social sandwich on Instagram. Um, so yeah, if you want to check me out, I try and post like tips and tricks and do the things that I've spoken about today. Um, and yeah, I'm also on like Facebook and TikTok, but definitely, um, yeah, and trying trying to make threads happen um i'm really yes let's make it happen let's make it happen edwin let's make it happen i really hope i've got this, got this so many stages I'm, I'm trying um yeah that's they're probably the big ones and then um i have i do have social sandwich on linkedin but i've i just post on my like edwin smith so if you want to connect or follow me there i try and yeah share some interesting takes and light-hearted opinions amazing well we will link to all those in the show notes below um but thank you so much edwin this conversation has been so amazing and i feel like everyone's gonna get so much out of this because pretty much everyone's on social media right like if you are either for business or if you you know for your career or whatever the venn diagram overlap between thought leadership and Social media is very substantial. It's a big overlap. So thank you, Edwin, for your time, for sharing your your journey and uh, your advice with us and and our listeners. Uh, We really appreciated having you on the Thought Leader Show. Thanks for having me, guys. It was was very fun. How time flies, huh? When you're you're having fun, it feels like we just sat down and now we're we're wrapping up. So yeah, thanks for for listening. Hopefully there's some good things um, for you all to take out. And yeah, appreciate it. awesome conversation with Edwin. He's such a uh, fun guy and I feel like he's, he, he really lives up to his personal brand. 100%. Like, I mean, I think what he was saying about his, uh, about his shirts being kind of like a manifestation of his personality, I think are perfect. And I think that while obviously he's not just about the party shirt, um, it's really a great way in for people to remember who's Edwin Smith. Who's like oh, the party shirt guy. Oh yeah. I know the party shirt guy. There's nothing better than being remembered for something like that. I think it's so powerful uh, and it's a good way in. It's a good way for people to then kind of, it's a gateway for people to access your thought leadership 
leadership. So, um, you know, I think he's done a great job overall by bringing his, his unique personality into his business, into his work, into his expertise uh, in every way, in every way possible. And he, he can really back it up because he's so knowledgeable about so all things social. Yeah. Like he's, you know, been doing social since the very beginning and, you know, and it's like you said, like there's no one really that's been doing it longer because it wasn't around. So, you know, and social media is very much, uh, you know, it's it's trial and see what works and things are changing so rapidly. It's so brutal. it's like being, yeah, it's having your finger on the pulse all the time and being in it and trying new things. And I think, you know, that's what Edwin does so, so well. All the time, all the time. What I really appreciated was his honesty around how he um, took that kind of like iterative approach to his personal brand, to his thought leadership, uh, because initially he felt like, I mean, you know, he was told that he couldn't talk about the stuff that he did, which, you know, is, is true. And uh, many, many of us have worked in jobs, you know, in, in large enterprises in particular. Um, but then how he was able to kind of like grow through that, if you like, to a point where he was really confident uh, to, to share his own kind of learnings and his own insights and his own expertise. And I think that that is uh, all for the better, frankly, because um, his expertise is, is very, you know, very broad. And, and for me, he's one of the, the best kind of, you know, social media minds in Australia at the very least. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Thought Leader Show. If you enjoyed this chat, we'd love you to share the episode with someone you think might want to hear it and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more information about my work, visit becksands.com and connect with me on socials. And you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. See you next time, Thought Leaders. Do you remember the time I tried to wear a party shirt at Christmas and I almost sweated to death? <laughs> that was like one of those like really thick, like plasticky almost uh, Christmas shirts from Lowe's. Yeah. I remember that. And it was like so sweaty. <laughs> bet Edwin doesn't buy his party shirts from Lowe's. No. I bet. I bet he knows where to get them from.